Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. My goal is to focus on our children, on our next generation, on the opportunity that we have here in Colorado to have clean air, clean water, clean land, to have kids that are well-educated, a workforce that produces great jobs and provides a lot of fruit for our laborers so that we can um, spend time together with our families, not stress, and be a happy, productive society. Welcome to Hope for the Day. We're excited that you're joining us. In the state of Colorado, there's a continual trend uh, for me and even for others that the Judeo-Christian faith is maybe not what it ought to be, maybe not as influential as it ought to be. And so one of the things that I've wanted to do is to bring in people, to interview them, to talk to them about how they're influencing the state. And so I've been specifically looking at leaders in our particular state who are beginning to influence our state with some of those Judeo-Christian values in their specific areas and fields of expertise, and then also even in offices that they've been elected to or are even running for. And it seems that in our world today that mental health is an issue, it seems that cost of living is an issue, it seems that there is a lack of confidence in government, it seems that crime is rising, and I can go on and on and on. And that is definitely a lot to wrap our minds around. And that's why I want to introduce to you a special guest that we have with us today, Heidi Ganahl. And my hope is that Heidi will be able to offer us some understanding and some hope with these challenges that we have around us. She's a wife, a mother of four, an author, a business owner, a Christian woman who's a part of our church. And today we have the honor of spending a few moments with Heidi. So Heidi, welcome, and thank you for coming to solve all of our problems. (laughs) Thanks, Phil. I'll do my best. Now, today you are currently a regent, which is a board member at the University of Colorado, and you are running for the Republican uh, nomination and hopefully running as a Republican for governor of our state of Colorado. So tell us a little bit with all of that happening, uh, how the last few months have been for you and you know what it is that you've learned and maybe what is the Lord's even been teaching you? Oh boy, it's been quite a lesson. Uh, he's, he's definitely uh, in my day-to-day, every moment of my day, I think about that and how I can portray my faith in everything I do, and my responsibility to being a good leader and uh, someone that our children can look up to is really important to me as well. And, you know, I've been very blessed to live the American dream. I started with from a family with lots of love, but not a lot of resources, and was able to build a business around something that I was very passionate about, dogs, Camp Bow Wow. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that our children and our future generations have that same opportunity. And I see it slipping away right now. And that's been happening over the last couple of years. So I didn't want to wake up in five or 10 years and think I could have done something. And I didn't. And this is a God thing. Like every step of the way, I've said, you know, is this the right path for me? Am I supposed to be doing this? Is this using my gifts, my treasure, my talents the right way? And I, you know, I feel very supported and encouraged by our church and our community. This isn't about me. This is about me being a voice for the values and principles that we all hold dear and making sure that we keep our state headed in the right direction and that Colorado way of life that we love. Yeah, I love that, what you're saying about your influence and and how you're wanting to get the state heading in the right direction. And so with that in mind, how do you feel like the state of Colorado is uh, heading? What direction are we going in? 
Uh, not good. It's breaking my heart to see what's happening. You mentioned some of the things that are going on that people are worried about. As I travel the state, I hear a lot about crime, the skyrocketing crime. I hear about um, our kids, um, their lack of success in school and getting out into the workforce, the mental health crisis that our kids are facing. We have the sixth highest suicide rate among children in the country and the fifth highest addiction rate for drugs for kids in the country. Those two things are very, very dangerous um, and something that I want to tackle head on when I'm elected governor. Um, the other thing that I notice is that there's just this sense of sadness around our state and a level of anxiety about our Colorado way of life slipping away. And what I mean by that is Colorado is a place that we go big. It's a place for opportunity. It's a place to do things that you can't do in other places. And this, you know, wild, wild west kind of mentality and the more we're told what to do, how to raise our kids, how to run our businesses, that goes away. And I want to bring that back. I, I want to control my life, not yours. And I trust you. I trust all of Colorado to make good decisions for their kids, their lives, their businesses. Yeah. As you're traveling the state of Colorado, what are some of the concerns that you're specifically seeing with parents and children? And you've already alluded to a little of that with drug addiction and suicide. Uh, maybe drill into some of the the personal aspects of that, and yeah. and and obviously, you know, what you would like to do or or have put in place to help resolve some of those concerns. I think the number one thing that I'm hearing and seeing is a concern with the relationship with schools and our and our parents and kids. Um, parents are really frustrated. They feel left out of the equation, and they want to be a partner in educating our children. They're worried about what they're being taught in the classroom that it doesn't align with their values or their idea that. They should be learning how to read and write and do arithmetic, not some of these other um, topics that are headed down the pike. And then around mental health, I think we've got to get back to community and relationship. These kids have been isolated in a lot of ways over the last couple of years, and isolation can be very detrimental to someone's mental health and to our ability to have relationships and community. So we've got to get back to that as well. And then finally, um, the drug scene in Colorado, you know, marijuana is legal. We have a fentanyl crisis. I wrote about that um, in several occasions recently. Um, fentanyl overdoses are just rising dramatically in our state. And it's a huge crisis. And it's kids that don't intend to do fentanyl, but marijuana or some other drugs that they might try are laced with it. And then, you know, a parent's losing a child. And that's happening more and more often. So that's a huge issue we've got to tackle. And finally, the cost of living is out of control right now. Um, you can't afford to fill your tank. We're about to um, see some crazy high heating bills over the winter. And it's getting harder and harder to live and work in this state and raise a family. And that's something I want to take head on. How do you uh, envision some of your strategy and your approach to what's ahead of us uh, dealing with some of the cost of living? Because it just seems as though it's so out of our hands that we are just at the mercy of what's going on in the world, what's going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, so how, how can a governor address that cost of living issue that we're dealing with here in Colorado? I think the number one thing we can do is get out of the way of small business owners and entrepreneurs and um, folks running their day-to-day -day lives. Um, the regulations that are coming down on um, business owners and, and families and uh, just society overall is is suffocating. It's suffocating and it doesn't let the free market work to create jobs and create prosperity and to kind of stunt this cost of living increase. The other thing we've got to do is get our energy workers back 
to producing. Um, we have some of the cleanest energy on the planet right here beneath our feet in Colorado. And the current leadership has decided that that's not, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to produce energy here in Colorado, whether it's natural gas or oil. And um, that hurts the poorest folks in our society. And we can be an all of the above energy state without destroying an energy industry and destroying people's jobs and livelihoods and dramatically increasing the cost of heating our homes and filling our tanks. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. All right, Heidi, we have somebody right now who is struggling to make ends meet. They're concerned about being able to afford uh, the gas that you referenced that, that is becoming so expensive. Um, how is it that you feel like you could be a solution to the problem um, that, that homes right now cost so unbelievably, uh, just cost unbelievable amounts. How can you be a solution to, to these cost of living problems that you were just alluding to? Well, I think it goes first to listening to folks and understanding what the actual issues are. Do we need to create more jobs? Do we need to create more support functions for families around education and healthcare? Um, do we need to provide connections to charities and churches and, and folks in the community that can help and support them through their struggles? And so it's about connections. It's about relationship first. And I think that's the way we get back to basic blocking and tackling to help people deal with some of these toughest, toughest issues. And then providing a safety net for, for when those options don't work and making sure that government programs are held accountable, that they're outcome-based, that they are um, available and easy to, to get through. Right now, it's, oh my gosh, it's so complicated to get help in any facet from the government. We've got to simplify, streamline, and make sure that the programs we have are working. Tell me a little bit about you know, some of your concerns and priorities as it relates to crime. If you were to be elected governor, and I'll give you a couple examples. I have a friend of mine who has recently dealt with uh, vandalism on a home that he is having built. Two times in one month, that home has been vandalized. And this is not in a downtown urban area. It's in a rural suburban area. And he's dealing with significant amount of damage on his property. And neighbors of his have had to deal with that as well. And then we've also had friends of ours that are dealing with car theft. Um, we have people that are concerned about just simply the safety of their own home and people breaking into their home. Now, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking to help address this particular issue and how the system is seemingly broken. Well, as the daughter of a reserve police officer, I, you know, certainly see the value in law and order in our society. 
Um, it's an important tenet of America and our state and being respectful of people's rights and their um, ability to be safe. And so what I hear on the front lines, a couple things. One, our personal recognizance bonds, this idea that people can get out on their word only, violent criminals can get out of jail on their word only and go back and repeat offend. That's one of the top issues I hear about. So that law was passed a couple years ago and it's something we've got to change. Also, truth in sentencing. Um, we have a very soft on crime leadership right now, and the parole board is part of that. And if someone gets sentenced to five years in prison, they should stay in prison for five years, and that's not happening right now either. Also, we've got to have a respect for our law enforcement. We've got to fund our law enforcement, give them resources to do these battles on the front lines. Right now, they're having a very difficult time recruiting uh, new officers and retaining talent, and so we've got to make sure they can do that and build the relationships with our officers and the communities, get back to community policing and just back to blocking and tackling relationship, which is something we talk a lot about, you and I do, Phil, and, and our faith and how that plays into society. And right, I think that's a symptom of what's happening in our families, in our communities, is the breakdown of relationship. You just mentioned that you want to retain good talent, and I love that response. It seems as though we have a world that just struggles with fear of the law enforcement. How is that something that we can deal with and people can regain confidence in the law enforcement? They aren't out to just get us, to get us. They want to keep us safe. They do want to deal with crime. Um, how can we resolve that tension that's there? I think it goes to listening and relationship and getting people connected. So, you know, community policing is important because then law enforcement gets to know the people in their community and vice versa. It's kind of like school resource officers. When you have a school resource officer in a school, their job is to get to know the students and to see the warning signs or see things when they're starting to go awry and step in and be, um, you know, someone for them to talk to, relate to not to always punish or be punitive, but to build relationship, build community, and make things better for all the students. And I think if we can get back to basic one-on-one, -on -one, get to know the people in your community, get to know your law enforcement professionals, I think that would help a lot. Yeah, we would all be a lot better if we just decided to go out and talk with one another with a, with a mentality of, I wanna understand. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna just be understood. So, but help us to understand a little bit of what you see are those block and tackling type of issues that we have um, as a society. And maybe speak to it from the perspective of being a regent at a university. The future leaders of the state of Colorado, the future leaders in our country are coming out of there. And even as you're coming into this idea of becoming a governor here in the state of Colorado, you know, what are those foundational issues that we need to deal with that are going to help the next generation? Well, I'll... I'll speak to it from a Christian perspective. I mean, I think we need to spend more time together in relationship and praying and looking at uh, our families and how we can start by just creating better relationships within our families and then our churches and then our communities and kind of step it up from there. I think that would um, do a, make a, the world a much better place if we started there. But then as you get into society and the government structure, a lot of it is control, right? It's control or fear versus freedom. How much do we trust the people that live in our communities, our neighbors to live their lives and make decisions for themselves, their family, their health? 
That was what America was built on. It's the founding principles of our country. And I think we've got to get back to that. And that will be a good starting point for rebuilding um, our relationship with government and the proper role of government in our lives. Yeah, coming back to a little bit of what you, you just alluded to at the very beginning of that response, um, freedom, responsibility. Tell me a little bit about your perspective on the church and the government and social programs, social welfare programs, um, even other nonprofit organizations. Yeah, how do the two work together, and where do you see those lines being drawn to, from a standpoint of, hey, this should be the church's responsibility, um, this should be the government's responsibility? How would you differentiate those two things? I would say it's more about who does a better job of tackling these issues. And right now, I think uh, a lot of us have lost confidence that the government's able to solve the problems, whether it's homelessness, mental health, healthcare, education. It's got to go back to us as individuals and our families and our churches and communities to say, you know what, I can't stand by and hand over responsibility of my kids' education or my health care to the government anymore. I've got to be involved and engaged. I've got to put my hand up and be the change I want to see in society. That's what I'm trying to do by running for governor and leading is, you know, we're not going to, things are not going to get better with us sitting on the sidelines or sitting behind our screens and shouting about it behind Facebook. So we've got to get in the game. We've got to get in the game and we've got to be um, intentional about what we want to see society look like and work towards that. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. As a, as a church, uh, one of our priorities is to be a blessing to our community, and we want to lift the community up. And the idea that the government would take on so much of what the church was commissioned to do is unfathomable to me. And so I think uh, from our standpoint, the church needs to do better. Um, but I would also say the government probably needs to do less in this regard because there are so many other important things that the government should focus on. I just don't see these social programs being the priority, um, at least to the extent that they're being cast. Yeah. There's definitely a responsibility government has, but the level that's being pushed is, is, is something that the church really needs to take more serious. Another aspect of our church that's so important to us is the family. Tell me w how you want to strengthen a listener of ours family. There's somebody right now who's dealing with perhaps marital issues. They're dealing with uh, trust issues with their kids. They're struggling with maybe mental health issues with their kids. Uh, maybe there's some addiction issues with their kids or their grandchildren. 
and they're wondering, if I were to vote for Heidi Ganahl, how is she going to help me and help my family to be better in two years, three years, four years down the road once you've been in office? Well, Phil, I focus on servant leadership, and I aim to serve the people of Colorado. And we've got a lot of problems on our plate right now, and I've got to first trust the people of Colorado to make good decisions for themselves, and then we've got to trust churches and charities and communities to step in and fill some of the gaps. The government should be the last, the, the like the safety net, right? And absolutely the government has got to do better at being a resource for families and children and parents, whether it's simply a hotline that gets you to the right mental health resources that you need, whether it's a good education. I think we've got to give parents back power over their education, their child's education, and give them the option to find um, a better choice for their child if what's working is if the school they're in right now isn't working. So funding the student, not the system, and giving freedom to parents to choose. I think education is the civil rights movement of our time. And I think that's the most basic, um, or that's the most important issue we can solve right now for is educating our children and giving parents more control over how to make that happen. That's great. I, I appreciate where you're coming from with that perspective. With some of that in mind, as you think about your faith and you think about you know, what's happening in the schools and what's happening with uh, the environment. You know, another big concern that people have is just elections and government, specifically uh, the credibility of elections. And this is a very, very polarizing topic. How are you handling that and dealing with it? Because there are some that say we have to have 100% confidence in elections, and then there are others that say I have no confidence in the elections What's your perspective on that, and how are you hoping to obviously give us more confidence in the votes that are being cast and the people that are being elected? Well, I I think we've got to listen to the voters, and if they are concerned, we've got to address those concerns and do what we can to restore confidence in people's vote. And there are a lot of issues, whether it was, you know, the, the election in 16 and Russia, 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 or 2020, and some of the concerns there um, with the lacks, um, the, the rules being um, weakened before the election in some states. So my focus is on listening to the voters and doing what I can to restore confidence in folks' ability to vote and make a difference. And I, I wouldn't be running if I didn't think I can win. I do think we do a lot of things right here in Colorado. Is there a room for improvement? Always. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, nobody's ever fully arrived and. No system has ever fully arrived. Now, as we kind of bring this program to a close, I just would love to have our audience hear a little bit more of your heart, maybe touch on a few things that we haven't had an opportunity to, and and give them some confidence that the future is brighter um, than even our past. You know, we're going through a rough time right now, but I think what we're going to see as we move forward is kind of a refocus on the fundamentals, like spending time together, um, understanding people's problems and issues and helping and supporting each other, building community, building relationship. You know, I'm doing this because I have four kids. I have a 26-year-old, a 12-year-old, nine-year-old twins, and uh, we love being part of this church and this community and and the school here on the property. And it's um, because of that community and because of the relationships that I have that I'm able to step into this um, this opportunity to lead our state forward. 
and I love our state with all my heart and soul. And I love the idea that Colorado is, it's the new frontier. It's the place where you come to do things in a big way. That's been my whole life. And I'm also a fighter and I'm not gonna stand by and watch our state be, um, you know, torn apart. And so my goal is to focus on our children, on our next generation, on the opportunity that we have here in Colorado to have clean air, clean water, clean land, to have kids that are well-educated, a workforce that produces great jobs and provides a lot of um, fruit for our laborers so that we can um, spend time together with our families, not stress, and be a happy, productive society. And I think it starts right here in Colorado. This is where we need to get back to basic blocking and tackling, and I'm my hope is to lead that effort and be a voice for all of Colorado. That is a wonderful response, and I think a wonderful way to wrap up today's broadcast. And we want to thank you for joining us, and we want to encourage you to continue to pay attention to what's happening here in Colorado. Pay attention to the views and the viewpoints and the beliefs of our elected officials. Uh, each and every one of us does have a say, and we want you to take advantage of that with your vote. We want, you to, we want to encourage you to take advantage of that going forward as we evaluate the leadership of our state. Um, and we would like to encourage you and invite you out to our church even. This, is, this broadcast is sponsored by Valley View Christian Church and listeners like you. We'd love to have you attend a Sunday service with us sometime in person at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We are just outside of Highlands Ranch on the southwest side of the city uh, off of Santa Fe Highway 85. And again, those service times are Sunday morning at Valley View Christian Church, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. We would love to have you. And if you come out and you've listened to this broadcast, come over and say hi to me. Again, my name is Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you personally and connect with you and hopefully get you more connected to our church and to the Lord. So we'll look forward to having you join us next time. And until then, we hope that this broadcast has given you a little bit more hope for your day.